Hello and welcome back to another episode of It's All Good Understanding Jiddu Krishnamurti. So, in previous episodes, I've already explained how Jiddu Krishnamurti has changed my life. And today I'd like to talk about how I listen to Jiddu Krishnamurti. Now, you see, when I listened to Jiddu Krishnamurti, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I'd get out of it. I was always quite interested in philosophers. Kierkegaard, Nietzsche. Before I listened to Jiddu Krishnamurti, I listened to Nietzsche. Interestingly, the philosophies aren't that dissimilar. Tito Krishnamurti wouldn't have wanted anything to do with being compared to Nietzsche or anything like that because he wasn't worried about finding parallels. All he was focusing on is trying to show you the truth to your life. He didn't worry about if there have been any similar ideas, if there are any other things that he could use to prove to you that what he's saying is the truth. He didn't care about doing that because... He thought he didn't have to. He thought that as soon as you have insight, as soon as you see the truth to your life, you don't need any proof because what can be better proof than seeing the truth for yourself in your very own life? What I mean by that is imagine you watch a parent tell a child not to stand on that chair. You can explain to the child why they shouldn't stand on the chair. You could hope that they'd follow the rules you give them. I'm not trying to promote dancing on chairs, (laughs) but it's not until they fall and they see the truth for themselves that you can fall and you can hurt yourself. Then they see that not as a rule, not some abstract thought or concept or idea. Then they have learnt why you shouldn't dance on tables or chairs. You may forget when you get drunk later in life. but <laughs> If something is true and you see it in your own life to be true, there's no doubting that truth. Tito Krishnamurti was spot on. Krishnamurti was absolutely right with if he shows you the truth and you see the truth to your life, everything changes. There's no doubt in my mind that Tito Krishnamurti found possibly the only possible way to show you the truth to your life. At least as far as I know. Because if you look at all the organized religions, all the other gurus and prophets that give you some guidelines or some sort of idea to follow, even modern day popular gurus like Ekatola, most gurus aren't enlightened anyway. (laughs) It's sort of easy to tell if someone's bullshitting and it just sounds good, and they're getting away with it. A lot of people do it, and a lot of people spit out these vague sentences that they think sound profound or think are going to help or whatever. They may sound sort of profound, but they're not going to help you see the truth to your life. As far as I can see, Tito Krishnamurti seems to be the only one that is not trying to get followers, is not trying to grow his follower base, is not trying to make you glorify him. He's trying to make you an enlightened human being. He's trying to get rid of you more or less. (laughs) Listen to me and then buzz off. (laughs) Enjoy your life. That's all. He's got no motive other than trying to help you. The only way you can see the truth to your life is either by finding it for yourself. The best possible second option (laughs) is by finding out for yourself via Tito Krishnamurti. I had no idea (laughs) that it is possible to find the truth to your life. I 
listen to Jiddu Krishnamurti as a philosopher. I hear a lot of people discussing what is consciousness, what is awareness, what are the rules to follow, what are the guidelines to life. Why did Jiddu Krishnamurti not give us some sort of guidelines or something to follow or some sort of instruction or some sort of practical way of reaching enlightenment? If he would have given you rules, that would have been patronizing, that would have been an authority organized religions, used rules, and that just led to more confusion. Just the mere fact that this is something that is being demanded is sort of funny. (laughs) It sort of speaks for our society. We think that we need to be taught, we need to be shown, we need to be led along this path, or we need to buy enlightenment, or we need someone to tell us exactly what to do. If I look at this interaction... That sounds more like a student and a teacher, but we are talking about enlightenment here. You want to become the master. You don't need to be taught if you want to become the master. Realize that no one can teach you this. It lies within you and it's up to you to find it. No one can show you. (laughs) Krishnamurti is doing his very best. The person that's demanding to be taught or the person that's demanding to be told, that doesn't seem like a humble, autonomous, independent free human being first of all very very first of all before the ego death before anything before any sort of spiritual path whatever that may be because <laughs> i don't even know what that is all i know is i listen to jita krishnamurti i arrived with humility by default <laughs> because everything that i believed in revealed itself to not have been as I thought it was. So I was disillusioned. I didn't expect anything out of it. I just wanted to understand what he's talking about. I wanted to understand. I could tell within myself that he's speaking the truth. I could tell that I am very drawn to what he's saying. He repeats over and over and over. He says, understand the truth to your life. And then you don't have to follow me anymore. You don't need to listen to me anymore. You don't. Then it's all over. That's it. You understand the truth of your life. And then you go off and you fly. You ride the wind of life, of your own life. We need to look at ourselves. And we need to, first of all, see what we want out of this. If we say, yeah, I want to understand Jiddu Krishnamurti because I want enlightenment. I want to live this mindfulness or whatever the trend may be at the moment. (laughs) That's an egoic pursuit. That's not going to work. That's impossible. As soon as you want something like that, if you have an expectation. You block yourself because as soon as you have any position, if it's an egoic position, some idea, some belief, some notion that you have in the back of your mind, As soon as you have that, you cannot be on the same level of understanding as Jiddu Krishnamurti. Because Jiddu Krishnamurti is speaking to you, stripped of everything. Everything's laid bare and you're talking about the basics, the basic truth to your life. And it's universal truth, it's timeless truth. If you can see this truth to your life, away from the ideas, away from the beliefs, away from the ego, then that's it. That's it. That's all you have to do. So to remain on the same level as him, you need to ensure that you don't have a position that you're listening to him from. This is only possible if you approach this as a human being that wants to 
understand that very own life that wants to not be told how to act, doesn't want to follow an authority, doesn't want to follow rules, doesn't want to behave like somebody else, doesn't want to become like Jesus or anything like that. All you need to do is strip away everything you thought about yourself and decide that I don't want someone to give me this. I don't want someone to pay the way, more or less. You know, if I can actually do this for myself, it doesn't matter if it's not perfect. It doesn't matter if it's not the first time. All it is is if I know I can do this for myself, why the hell would I allow someone to steal the glory from me and give it to me? This is not about showing off on Instagram. <laughs> this is not about lording this over other people. This is not about, this has got absolutely nothing to do with this. It's got, forget the whole world around you. So either you want to know the truth to your life or you don't. If you want to know the truth to your life because you think it's going to get you enlightenment. That won't work. I didn't even know that that was what Tito Krishna or what this is all about. I wanted to understand the truth to life. I wasn't aware that that's what I was trying to find out. I always had this urge to answer all my questions and I didn't really know what the questions were, but I knew I needed answers. And that's how I listened to Tito Krishnamurti. As much as I started to get disillusioned with my life and with how the world that I lived in has pretty much reprimanded me for my honesty, for being humble, for not really wanting anything. In capitalistic society, I really started giving up hope that living this life Like, I'm always going to be taken advantage of. I'm always going to be at the butt end of all. Everybody is just going to keep winning with dishonesty. So I'm more than happy to find out that after three decades of losing in the capitalistic system, in the world of egoic behavior, this enlightenment business, this understanding the truth to your life, This is where all the liars and all the winners in the capitalistic system, this is where they they can't win and we can win. Well, it's not really win in the literal sense. It's more win in the metaphorical sense. You see, we can leave their world behind and we can live in a completely new world where they no longer are a problem. Because... If we're an empathic human being, the world that we're living in is cruel and unkind and unjust. Bad people always seem to win, but that's only that system. This system here, the way, way, way more valuable part of life that has been so buried by our current pursuit of, well, the paper chase, really. Like, I reckon capitalism has really shifted the world or our society in favor of egoic behavior. So when I approached Dita Krishnamurti, I never really worried too much about how I'm supposed to listen to him. I didn't know what I was going to get out of it. I didn't know how important it was. I didn't know how significant my understanding of what he's saying would be. But one of the most common things that Tito Krishnamurti talks about is the art of listening. I see 
endless threads on anti-social media where people discuss what is awareness. You know, awareness, all it is, is listening without the ego. And that sounds a bit more complicated than what I actually did, is I actually listened. (laughs) I listened without trying to argue against what he's saying so if he said the truth liberates i'm not gonna say i found out truth and it didn't liberate me you know what i mean like that's all that's all i did i just listened to him doesn't mean i have to accept what he's saying but as soon as i have a position in the conversation so as soon as i draw on my memory or draw on my experiences if anything of that right then i am creating an entity in this conversation but because this conversation is a different type of conversation where i don't need to say anything i don't actually need to prove anything like no one's listening no one's watching (laughs) your opinions don't actually matter right now if you look at a conversation between two people and one person wants absolutely nothing from the conversation and the other person wants something from the other person. That's not fair, is it? That changes the scales of equilibrium. That changes the type of conversation. Then one person's more or less rinsing the other one for information while giving nothing in return. You can't give Tito Krishnamurti anything in return anymore, <laughs> unfortunately. You probably couldn't have given him anything in return anyway. (laughs) But it's important to not see him as a god, as Jesus, as a prophet or anything. Just see him as your best friend trying to tell you something very important. And when you talk to your best friend, hopefully you don't have an image of yourself. You don't have a protective layer to ensure your own safety. This is your friend. He's not going to harm you. He's not trying to manipulate you. Nothing. Just relax, drop your guards and listen to him as if he's your dear friend. Because as soon as you allow yourself to hear the truth without an opinion, without a position, the truth to your very own life. And as soon as you recognize the truth, that's it. That you see the light. That's all. It's all over. (laughs) Well, not all over. It all begins, actually. (laughs) Then the fun starts. I hear people complain that Jiddu Krishnamurti talks weird, he never answers any questions. <laughs> and that's like one of the most common YouTube comments that I see, like people get angry that he didn't answer any question. I always laugh at that because he does always answer the question. If you didn't hear the answer to the question, and that doesn't mean that he didn't answer the question. <laughs> when I listen to him speak, he's answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> he goes into the bits that are important and that's it that's all he's not trying to be high and mighty it's completely the opposite he's like chewing everything into bite-sized sort of granules of information imagine an adult explaining how to walk to a baby it's sort of natural it's sort of easy you don't really need an explanation because it's natural you don't know it's natural yet but it is. Something as simple as walking, as natural as walking, is extremely complicated and extremely hard to explain. That doesn't mean that learning how to walk is super hard. As soon as you walk, it's easy. By questioning everything, by not telling you what to do, he's avoiding being your authority. It's your life. You are the expert. You're the expert in your own life. And he's just talking about your life. And that may seem like a small little thing, but (laughs) this is huge. 
this like in our current society in our current system in capitalism we all have bosses we all have teachers we all have mums <laughs> we all have authorities all our life we have authorities that we have to bow down to that we have to follow that we have to obey and enlightenment the most important thing that you need to realize is you are the ultimate authority you are the one that has to find your own enlightenment no one can show you no one can tell you no one can give you instructions it is up to you to find it yourself so tito krishnamurti always asks questions so that when he asks questions you can go along with his train of thought so he asks a question and instead of you mentally answering you ponder the question soon as i give an answer i'm limiting myself i can't actually find the answer when we are asked a question we answer based on our knowledge so based on our ideas based on what we've been told what others have told us and the whole point being that you don't answer based on ideas you slow down you relax and you join dido krishnamurti in assessing your life as it is right now so without ideas without belief without what other people have told you that's all because what is important to understand is what was that i would say what he's saying is unconventional not only is it unconventional for our age or for our time it's unconventional for the past whatever 5000 years or something these ideas that we've been living by these ideas that we've everybody we know lives by the way that people think life is led <laughs> everybody basically is chasing some sort of dream of whatever the individual dream may be it's usually something very specific <laughs> but everybody's sort of chasing a dream to finally reach happiness some people may accomplish that they may have made shitloads of money they may have become ceo or whatever and the people that actually get there <laughs> which not many people actually get there they don't necessarily unless they're psychopaths because psychopaths are happy in the psychopathic system but usually it doesn't really make you happy it's probably easiest to find that out for yourself like you actually get there and then you become really unhappy and then you find it to krishna murti that's probably the best way to sort of find it because then you literally are disillusioned with your world you know that this world you're living in now for as long as you have lived in it has made you unhappy so all your ideas were in vain if you're still 18 and whatever and i tell you this you probably go now nah, you're full of shit i'm going to do this i'm going to show you and i'm going to be so happy <laughs> well i speak to you again in 10 years because you can't get human joy human love human happiness from this system that's robotic all you get is paper in return or worse just get numbers on some bank account right like my personal dream was definitely finding someone that would love me for who i am and another thing that i really wanted to have kids to prove to myself that as a mother <laughs> i can love my kids like my mother never could 
which sounds childish because it is childish. I formed this idea in childhood, but it felt like this is actually what I need to do and this is what I need to make me happy. <laughs> like now, thank God, I know that that is not what would have made me as happy as finding the truth to my life. Can't even compare the two. It's such a, it's like comparing a pedal bike with a Lamborghini. Just to highlight the fallacy, I formed this idea in childhood. So without any experience, without knowing anything about life, as a reaction to the treatment that I was dealing with at the time. But because I formed this idea in childhood and I repeated it, repeated it, repeated it, suddenly it felt really, really real. It felt like as soon as I accomplish this goal, I will be happy. But if one takes the time to think about this, so abstractly without it being my personal belief, my personal goal, you can't live your life in misery or be in a miserable state of mind, hit a milestone and then expect that misery to go away. It's like having a broken arm and drinking chamomile tea. <laughs> like you're not looking at the problem first and foremost. The misery will prevail no matter what you add on top. We're miserable because we're living in conflict with the real world and our imaginary world, our world of ideas, of beliefs, of our egocentric worldview. And as soon as you can look at the truth to your life and see that you're living in conflict. If I was unhappy before, it doesn't matter what I put on top, what I add, what accomplishments, none of that actually matters. The misery doesn't cease because the base state of my life is unhappiness. <laughs> so it's actually way more reasonable to have absolutely nothing and be happy. And then everything you add doesn't add anything to your happiness because you're already happy. So there's more or less two ways of living life. With the base state being unhappy and everything you get out of it is not enough for the ego. Or your base state is happy <laughs> and everything you get is an added bonus. And everything you're missing, well, you don't even notice. It's like it doesn't even exist. It would never enter your mind that there's something missing because that is an egoic pursuit. I figure every empathic human being has happiness lurking within and all the confusion that causes us misery. So as soon as we can get rid of the confusion, then we can live in happiness, just like a child. And to any of you that think that if you only were to become famous or rich or a movie star or make it to LA or whatever, <laughs> there's so many people, so many examples of people that made it and it's evident that they are miserable <laughs> like not trying to point fingers just trying to show you that even if you are a star look at how many people commit suicide how many people have drug problems alcohol problems they pretend to be happy they pretend that they've made it they they need to do that that's their image that's what they have to show you but this plastic world this plastic happiness we actually can see through it. We actually know. We want to believe it. Because we want to believe that is the reason why we're miserable. <laughs> but it's not. It's not the reason why we're miserable. None of that matters. If you've already hit this state of disillusionment of your world or your life. Or you just can't find joy anywhere. Then it's very easier for you to accept that there's a different way of living. There's a different way of life. Even though it's unconventional because... People could not wrap their head around the possibility of living without an ego. 
that's because we do live in an ego-driven society. If we were somewhere in the middle of nowhere in some jungle, who knows if we even would have an ego, if we would even live like that. But those are only ideas or theories or whatever. None of that actually matters because all that matters is that you find the truth to your life, however old you are now. As long as you're more than happy to give up all the ideas that you had for however long you have been on this earth, you know, it doesn't matter. It's never too soon. It's never too late. So... Whenever I talk to people about Jiddu Krishnamurti, all I ever say is all you need to do is try and forget everything that you thought you knew. <laughs> that, like, just forget all the, the way that you've lived, the way all the ideas you had in your head and all the things that you thought. And just listen to him. You know, as soon as you finish listening to him, if you still need to, you can still pick up all your ideas and and then go back and listen to him again, and sooner or later you'll just get it. It's not magic. It's not. It's just like listening to a teacher, a school subject. What is he trying to say? What is he trying to tell you? Dido Krishnamurti never would have given you guidelines or given you like a short, a cheat code or whatever because of the importance of finding out for yourself. People commonly think that without rules, People will be murderers, and without the Ten Commandments, the world would succumb. I always mention that this is for empathic human beings. I always mention that if you're an empathic human being, this will work. There's two reasons for that. For non-empathic human beings, first of all, I personally believe they will struggle with the important step of ego-death. That's just a belief, so <laughs> if you want to prove me wrong, please, please go ahead and prove me wrong, because there's nothing greater <laughs> than you achieving ego death. That, to me, was the best part. If you do happen to be a non-empathic human being, that's obviously not your fault. <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt, I've seen this in action. You can benefit hugely from what Jiddu Krishnamurti is saying, because... As soon as you understand that your ideas and your thoughts are a negative influence on your life and you learn how to focus on what you're doing completely, it could be sports, it could be your job, it could be anything, it doesn't even matter. Understanding Dito Krishnamurti will help you get the very most out of everything you do so your performance will absolutely and utterly increase. I've seen more or less Jiddu Krishnamurti's techniques work for non-empathic human beings. So without a shadow of a doubt, understanding Jiddu Krishnamurti will help you regardless of anything. And getting closer to enlightenment undoubtedly is better than living in a world of misery. And the second point being that for empathic human beings, we learn naturally. We do something mean, we do something cruel, we do something unkind. And we see the person's reaction and it doesn't make us feel good because we empathize with their reaction. We feel what they feel. So if we do something cruel, we make someone feel bad, we feel bad. Now for non-empathic human beings, the reaction is actually commonly the main goal. They don't care what type of reaction they make you have. As long as you have a reaction, they are happy with that. So they don't learn in the same way as we empathic human beings learn. I remember every time I did something that was cruel as a child and the reaction that I saw 
nobody had to tell me never to do that again because as soon as I saw the reaction, I knew that I didn't want to make other people feel bad because it made me feel bad. <laughs> and that's it, that's life. The same rules don't necessarily apply for non-empathic human beings. That doesn't mean that they can't be honorable, good human beings, not at all. It's just a different way of learning and as I can only speak for myself, and that makes a lot of sense to me. We don't need to follow rules, we can learn by the reactions of our fellow human beings. When you live in clarity, when you live in a peaceful state of mind, as soon as you do something that even ever so slightly puts you into a non-peaceful state, so a regretful state or remorseful state, it's such a massive intrusion <laughs> into your inner peace that you would never even you would never even consider doing anything to make you feel unrest in yourself. When we live in confusion, when we live in our egoic state of mind, when we're trying to win, we are constantly feeling threatened, suffering. We constantly feel like we're losing. So when we do something bad to someone else, yes, we can see the reaction. We could learn the same way as we did as children. But by then, we're already so confused, angry, frustrated, sad, that our natural, normal human guidelines get overruled by our ego. But for empathic human beings, like, thou shalt not kill. It's never made any sense to me. Like, I remember hearing about the Ten Commandments in school, and I went, like, why do you need to tell me not to kill if that's something I'd never do anyway? And that's pretty much what it is. I was always a bit of a sensitive, gentle sort of human being, and my ego was a lot bigger and a lot more conflated than I thought it was because I was always stuck in this misery, this sadness, this drama and thinking I am the victim. It's all bad shit. People don't think that's the ego but I was still caught up in my own head, in my own brain and I couldn't quite see the world for what it was. So as soon as my ego died, it actually allowed me to approach life with greater sensitivity. So I noticed the people around me a lot more because now my world is not focused on my own misery, my own bullshit. Now it's focused on the flow of life. When I get to interact with other people, it's fun. And why would you want to do something negative to feed your own ego? If you could join together and create something together, which is a joy for both of you. I don't think that would have been possible while I was still living with my ego because it's just self-involved bullshit all the time. So the way that I experience my own life, it's the same life, completely the same life. I go to the same places, but it's like someone opened up all the windows and let all the light in because now everything is just joy and fun and I never feel like, you know, if I am taken advantage of, it doesn't really matter because I just learn from that and that's it. There's no beating and whining and complaining. <laughs> it's just fun. Everything's fun. Another small little practical tidbit that I wanted to share with you when I was listening to Dido Krishnamurti. The first thing is it's hard to not be thinking while someone else is talking. It's something that you'll get used to as you go along. But Whenever I did have a thought or whenever I did think about something, again, I would pause the video and I'd just think about it. And then one of the main questions that I asked myself is, 
where's this thought coming from? And this is not abstract, spiritual gibberish. <laughs> like it's literally what is the motive behind the thought? Is the thought defending something? Is it mostly you're defending something? You're mostly defending your idea, your ego, or some ideology or something. And that's because the state that we are in, every human being is in, we're all caught up in conditioning, ideologies, etc. And for me personally, every time I did have a thought, it was either mostly the ego, <laughs> and the second thing was it's an idea. And if it's an idea, I can dismiss it because as long as it's not something that I can hold on to, a fact, a truth, something that's undoubtedly so, then I don't have to believe it anymore. <laughs> so I just want to look at the factual evidence. When I listened to Dito Krishnamurti, I was completely and utterly disillusioned with my world. The past at least 10 years that I'd uh, invested a lot of time and energy in had completely vanished in the worst possible way. <laughs> Everything I'd worked for was for nothing. Every idea I had led me down a path that made me even more unhappy. So due to my circumstances, I was left in this state of nothingness and I believed in nothing. I didn't believe in family. I didn't believe in any religion. There was absolutely nothing. All the ideas I had were completely and utterly wrong. <laughs> and when I say I believed in nothing, in the old world, that sounds like it's a bad thing or it sounds like I'm destitute. But <laughs> turns out that is actually the perfect place to be listening to Dita Krishnamurti from. Because as soon as you see the beauty of believing in nothing, then you've made it to the other side. So to me, I never questioned if I should trust Krishnamurti. That never even occurred to me. I could feel, I could tell that what he's saying is the truth. I just joined him in looking at my life. That's all. Dita Krishnamurti always says we're all the same. This is universal truth. This truth applies to every human being. And he means every human being. And I mean every human being. It doesn't matter if you're poor, if you're rich, if you're educated, if you're spiritual, if, you're, if you've been a good person, if you've had a good life, if you've... It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter how you lived your life. You could be in prison. You could be... It doesn't matter. If you're an empathic human being, it doesn't matter what you've done, what the past is. You can see this truth to your life and that will change everything for you. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask and talk to you very soon. Bye-bye.